Welcome to the Deep Dive, Emerald City Hockey's Seattle Kraken podcast. RJ, as we kick off this first edition of the Deep Dive in September, Hockey Month, that's right, it's almost here, everybody. Um, I, I want to do a quick PSA to everybody, all right? And that's identity theft sucks, all right? And in this digital age we live in, it, it comes for us all eventually. And this past week, identity theft affected me in a very personal way, okay? You know how, like, everywhere in the world now is trying to get you to sign up for a rewards program, RJ? Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, there's really only, like, one kind of, I guess two, but, like, one significant, like, restaurant-y, and I say that very much with quotes for people not, like, (laughs) (laughs) not watching on YouTube right now, place that I go. And that's Buffalo Wild Wings. All right. And Oh yeah, I'm well aware. Yes. And a lot of it a lot of my spending at Buffalo Wild Wings and, and rewards point accumulation has just been from getting bottles of Buffalo sauce to bring home and have uh, around the house. You know, keep one in every room. You never know when you'll need it, right? I mean, you have so many bottles of that sauce. I'm surprised your rewards points can't just buy a couple franchise locations at this point. Well, I had tons of rewards points. Emphasis okay. on had because this past week my account was hacked and oh, no. almost all of my rewards were drained so that one person in, in Texas could have a really nice time at Buffalo Wild Wings. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's been fun, like like cause you know, I, I what happened was it was like a call out order. I get the email that this order was placed and I'm like, obviously I did not place this order. Right. So I call the restaurant in Texas and I'm like, Hey, I didn't place this order. Is there any way of canceling it? Just because like, I know that won't refund the points. I can deal with that later with their like support system or whatever, but at least that way I can get like some form of justice and deny this person a meal. Right. And they're (laughs) like, well, we have no way of verifying that you aren't just doing that to then get like, a free meal or right. something too or like Zegris or something. and i'm gonna beep that don't worry rj okay <laughs> there you go. i like, use oh, like okay. i i know i know i'm only I'm, I'm just using the words i was given from the buffalo wild wings in okay. texas that's why i said it i think that makes it okay i think you don't have to beep it now oh okay <laughs> and so um yeah, so I, I don't get the justice of denying the person the free meal. I just lose all the points, and now I've just been, like, getting handed around to all these different email addresses to email about my problem to see if I can get any of my rewards points back. But that's the long-winded way of saying, if there's a VPN out there that would love to sponsor us so we can talk about identity <laughs> theft, go ahead. We got we got stories to talk about it. Yep, that's for sure. That's a great one. Just bring up the Buffalo Wild Wings story every time we go to the VPN ad. Um, it, it'll create a, a memorable ad experience. <laughs> Buffalo Wild Wings should just start their own VPN service yeah. or partner with someone because this this can't continue. Yes. Well, besides the the cursing that that there was on the phone call with the Buffalo Wild Wings in Texas, there was other things like apparently this happens all the time at that location, and I do know that nothing else in my life has been compromised. Like, I think, okay. I think this is an inside job kind of thing. Like someone at Buffalo Wild Wings somewhere has access to rewards programs and just takes points out of accounts and uses them at this location. Cause like the manager was just like, look, this happens like here all the time. Like, just leave me the F alone. <laughs> I, was <just> like, <laughs> I was like, okay, are you the person stealing these points? Like, Trust me, you don't want to dig any deeper on this. Leave the situation alone. I know, I know. So I am, I am. I'm, I'm going through just the appropriate channels, see if I can get my points back, and, and we'll see what happens. But uh, yeah, you know, that was, it, it's funny because lots of stuff's happened to me online, right? Like, you know, you get people calling you names or whatever on social media, on the comments of these, right? People giving me grief for putting Grubauer on my route, Rushmore. But that one felt personal in a way that nothing else in you know in my digital life has ever felt personal i'm sure i mean you saved up all those from the sauce i've seen the bottles of sauce i I know how many points you must have had so i i'm sorry to hear about that although i will say you told me you had a cold open story having to deal with an identity theft incident that you dealt with 
I feel like it could have been worse. Yes. So I'm glad to hear that's all that this was. I know. When I, gave I remember you... I even asked you, are you okay to record our video tomorrow? Yes. <laughs> because of this? And you're like, yeah, no, I'm, I'm fine. I can record. So now I, it all makes sense to me now. Yeah. I, I led, I led you on pretty strong there uh, by just saying that, you know, I was a victim of identity theft <laughs> and not giving you any more because I wanted to save it for this. So yes, it wasn't, it's not nearly that big a deal. Lost like okay, $30 well, worth of Buffalo Wild Wings money, essentially. It's not like a big deal. Okay, well, glad to hear you're all right. Uh, but for putting me through all this, I feel like I need to kind of throw the Uno reverse card at you because I have a cold open scenario for you. I mean, you're always coming up with things at the start of the podcast to put me on the spot. Well, I'm going to put you on the spot here with a little challenge. You're going to have to think on your feet. Okay. Um, so, but a little bit of a background story behind this, because I, I wanted to mention some things. So this is inspired by a night I had recently at the 32 Bar and Grill at the Kraken Community right. Iceplex, uh, which before I start with the whole story, quick shout out to our ECH trivia team uh, for that trivia night. We got a team together uh, through the Discord for the trivia night, which... If you're not on the Discord, get on the Discord. There's lots of great stuff going on there. Link's going to be in the description if you're on, on YouTube watching this. Um, but in our little meetups channel, uh, we got a team together for Trivia Night, and we won. So that yeah. was pretty cool. Uh, the team name was uh, Listen to Emerald City Hockey's Deep Dive Podcast. <laughs> it's not my idea, by the way. I... I can be a bit of a you know shameless self promoter sometimes, but but I I wouldn't even go that far. That was actually the teammates' idea. So uh, we got a nice plug in for the podcast uh, as the host had to announce the team names after every round for the standings. So uh, we got him to mention that. So I, I guess I should say if you attended that trivia night, heard about the podcast, and you're listening for the first time right now, welcome. We're glad to have you on board. Yes. Hope you will like the podcast. Hope it was worth. The plug and i promise we'll talk about the kraken soon I know. um so th this is a bit longer of a, of a cold open than we usually have but let me get to the challenge so after trivia it was the kraken hockey league captains meeting uh, so that's the adult rec league and we were meeting with all yes. the captains and um i was sitting there across the table from a fellow captain who i'm pretty sure is probably listening to this podcast right now probably and the meeting yeah was starting to drone on and it hit the hour and a half mark. And so we decided, okay, we're, we're going to leave pretty soon. We were messaging each other under the table, just like, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, I, not a single story you've ever told me from these Kraken Hockey League captains meetings like ends like just like, oh, yes, we all showed up. Everybody handled their business and we all left in a timely manner. <laughs> no, no, at, that never goes. It always goes the same way where yes. it's, you know, usually one or two people complaining about things that no one really cares about. It just drones on. So this was happening again. Um, and, and she's a, a newer captain, too. So I was telling her this is this is the experience. This happens every time. Yeah. So. We decided we were going to leave. We, we just drew a hard 930. Like, all right, we're getting out of here. Um, but as this whole thing is winding down, I should mention that they they uh, had food for us. So that was, that was at least good. nice. They had 32 bar and grill food, really took care of us. That was great. But as everything's winding down, they bring in a couple fresh pizzas. And like everyone has already eaten. And yeah. everyone had lots of food. Like, And I'm looking at these pizzas and I'm thinking, these are going to go to waste. Nobody's going to yeah. eat these pizzas. And you know me, I hate food going to waste more than just about yeah. anything else. And also, I love some good pizza. Yes. So I point out the pizzas to my fellow captain. And, you know, we're messaging under the table. And she says, put one in your pocket to bring back. I dare you. And I just okay. look up to her. And I'm, I kind of like bounce her. A whole pizza? <laughs> I was going to say. Yeah, I mean, you do. Like, are these like full-size pizzas or are these individual size? They're full-size pizzas. Okay. They're what you okay. think of. Full-size pizzas. Yeah, that they put out for everyone. So All I'm right. just like, a whole pizza? And she just, she nods at me. Yeah, a whole pizza. In your pocket. <laughs> That's what she said. All right. So I, I messaged back. I'm like, look, I, I love sneaking food out of places, but I don't know if I'm that talented. Yeah. But maybe Dylan is. Okay. So my challenge to you, you're at this captain's meeting. How do you sneak a whole pizza out of there? Go. Okay. So the first thing I thought of was actor adam scott okay okay uh of parks and rec fame and i'm bl blanking <laughs> on what was his name on that show are you ben, turning it into a calzone ben yes 
That's exactly okay. how you do it. So first off, I need to know like what kind of clothing I'm working with. Like, do I have like '90s parachute pants on or something that might have like an insanely deep pocket? Do I have a hoodie? Are, are you on? wearing '90s parachute pants to trivia night, Dylan? <laughs> Probably. Uh, do Actually, I? That's true. You would. Okay. Yeah, I was gonna say. Do you? Are you? are working with with what I had to work with. You're wearing this ECH that, hoodie. Okay. Does that have like one of those like pockets in the front that like you can stick your hand yeah, all the way it's through? Got a little pocket. Okay. Front, so yeah. it's that's calzone size. So I'd get up. I'd walk over and I wouldn't subtly do this because also I don't I don't care if I'm caught because like I'm just going to say, look, I've just wasted an hour and a half listening to these two problems this entire time that nobody but the people bringing them up care about. So I'm taking this pizza and I don't think anybody would give me grief about that. But what I do is I, I get up, I go to the pizza, I fold it into a calzone, I stick then that calzone thing because it's not really a calzone into the hoodie sweatshirt and i just you know i hope it doesn't get too linty okay now i was thinking the other way because i'm like as, as a bit like yeah sure maybe i would try and do that i don't want to mess up my uch hoodie though i don't want to get true pizza sauce. I, you can wash it but still like that's true i don't know it stains yeah okay so then... that was that was my downside do you have any other way the only other thing i was thinking of is like trying to think of you know because i'm assuming this pizza is sliced so you can't just like yes, it is, like, is pre-sliced yeah. yeah uh it's just like finding some way of like yeah i mean i guess you could just divvy up the slices and start sticking them in different places okay <laughs> around <laughs> you know just stick pizza slices in different places around your body um or, or stack them up and carry them out like you're a circus sea lion or something you know, just balance them all on, on your, your nose. nose. Yeah. And, okay. And walk out of there and see if anybody notices. But yeah, my best my best idea is just the folded up calzone style, stick it in a pocket, get out of there. All right. Very good. Taking inspiration from Ben Wyatt, I, <laughs> the character I definitely do like from Parks and Rec. Well done, Dylan. You've, you've got the pizza out of the meeting room. The, the problem, one more problem, though, is as soon as we got up to actually leave, because we didn't try and take the pizza. Yeah everybody else got up they were just waiting for somebody to give them well, permission to then so just, you get up for the pizza and then everyone gets up okay that's a key piece of information because then i would have just grabbed one of the pizza boxes and walked out under the cover of the the mob i think they're not in a box oh what oh they're, they're on, like, on a trays? big like a big plate yeah yeah on all a right big tray i would just take the whole tray and i'd bring it back next week when i was coming back for trivia or whatever fair enough Again, yeah, that's true. I just, back to I, in life, everybody, here's the lesson. Dare people to challenge you because they very rarely will. Nobody at, thir <laughs> nobody at 32 Bar and Girls is going to challenge you if you walk out with the whole pizza on a tray like that, especially if they kind of know that you're vaguely there a lot. You'll just bring it back. Nobody's going to stop you. There you go. All right. So you, you defeated the challenge <laughs> and is, you imparted a life lesson. I was going to say, by the way, this is not legal advice. If you steal something and get caught, <laughs> that's on you. <laughs> Because oh, I'm because I'm advocating for borrowing essentially, not stealing. You're borrowing the tray right. to get your pizza home in lieu of a, a go home container, because you don't have time to wait for a, a take home container, and you don't want to break up the pizza. Yep. So okay, hear that, everyone. Borrowing's okay. Yeah. Whoever took Dylan's Buffalo Wild Wings points, just give them back. Exactly. It's that just easy. Just borrow them. It's that easy. <laughs> oh, I could just imagine you with the whole pizza on a tray in your car, trying to get that home. I know, especially with my hockey gear in the back. Uh, you know, my girlfriend in the passenger seat. I'd probably just be like, can you hold this for me? I'll yeah. ride back. Yep. Oh, man. So good. All right. So now that we're a quarter through the podcast. <laughs> Could you tell it was a light news week, everyone? Yeah, really. You'll you'll all find out when we get to quick hits. But first, I want to talk about the, the, th the question that we left everybody with last week at the end of the last deep dive, which was about the Portland Winterhawks, New Jersey, uh, taking what a lot of people are saying is a, maybe too much inspiration from the Seattle Kraken uh, in, in the color scheme and just the overall layout of the jersey themselves. We didn't give our take on it, RJ, because we wanted to hear everyone else's take first, because we know you know what kind of trendsetters we are if we give a take everybody's just like oh my god that's genius and they all have the same idea right and so oh, yeah for before i get to the user comments because we got some really good ones i just want to know what what's your take on the situation do you think that they they stole the kraken's design too much i i mean i one of the things the comment you know did comments point out not to get you know too ahead of that but my first thought was like 
a lot of junior teams have looks that are fairly reminiscent of NHL teams. And, and I think, you know, that's something I, I took into account. I, I did kind of like the old color scheme. I, I just, I, I don't know that, that, you know, that kind of blue really, I don't know. It's something different. I, I don't know that I ever yeah. felt like that color, you know, associated with, with Portland and, but you know, if, um, if they want to go with that and really try and change things up, because I know they were really, you know, embracing a big rebrand mm -hmm. in their uniforms altogether. And this is certainly a way to kind of distance it from everything they've done in the past. Yeah, I, I think the big thing that's getting a lot of Portland fans and myself included is just kind of minimalizing the red because I always felt mm -hmm. like that was the thing. Right. And, you know, <laughs> a big deal if if. Portland stealing a like NHL team's jersey. They they basically did that for the first forty five years or whatever of their existence. Right? Exactly, they were, they were just straight up Blackhawks jerseys. So um, I don't know that it's it's that big a deal. I overall like the jerseys. Like when I first saw them, it was that initial shock of like, oh no, this is like, whoa, no, this is bad, right? Um, but now I'm just like, the more I look at them, I'm just like, no, those are those are good jerseys. I like them. I like that it, you know, it's it's not technically the cracking colors. It's the ones that match their new logo, which I absolutely love their new logo. Um, yeah, so it's I think, great. I think that works. And then when I was thinking about it, moving away from the red, over half of the WHL teams are like red. <laughs> Like, it's there are a lot of red teams. The league is red. Go to their website. It's just red everywhere. All the teams are all red. Everything about the WHL is red. So kind of going a little further away from the red, I don't think is a bad thing. I don't think they're infringing on anybody else's, uh, you know, anything. I yeah, I I think they're fine. I they're they've grown on me a lot. I'm probably gonna end up with one. Just knowing me, I love that new crest so much. Um, but we had some good comments that I, I want to highlight. Uh, this one from uh, Strife on on YouTube. Portland definitely stole it, but it's gray and black. Those aren't the same colors. Okay, fine. The Portland Winterhawks are the Seattle Kraken from Wish.com. <laughs> oh, that, that is a great comment. <laughs> Kraken from Wish.com. I, I like that one. Um, Ty obviously had thoughts. Everybody oh, I'm knows, sure. Everybody knows Ty also on 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 uh, YouTube. Uh, black versus blue, same Z's red stripe on sleeve, similar s sleeve layouts and light color around the waist. Differences: no stripe around waist. Waist gray isn't light blue and very different shape. Sleeves are different. Collars lace up and carbon fiber pattern. Numbers are totally different. All that kind of stuff. I'm gonna paraphrase here. Sorry, Ty. Um, can't wait to get one so I can put them side by side. The stripes on the sleeve look like Panthers jerseys too, lol. Uh, people just want to cry. That's, well, yes, it's relatable. Life is hard, Ty, okay? I want to cry every so often. <laughs> and with the Buffalo Wild Wings thing, I mean, who, who would blame you? I know. It was, it was a lot, man. I'm telling you. Um, and then Ty comes back later, okay? Okay. A separate comment. Do we want to talk about the T-Birds still wearing Hartford Whalers jerseys and even switching to dark blue the same time they did? Uh, this is normal WHL stuff. Spokane wearing Montreal jerseys since I can remember. Uh, so, yeah. I mean, again, kind of bringing up the, the whole WHL teams. This is just what they do. Yeah, I mean, are, are you a WHL team in the Pacific Northwest if you if you don't, you know, take an NHL uh, team's jersey design? I mean, if you're the Tri-City Americans, maybe you are. But um, <laughs> I was going to say, no one ever, I was going to say, good on you for remembering they exist because I feel like they never get brought up. I know, they really don't get mentioned, but they should. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it was an interesting one. It was, it was fun reading everybody's comments. It seems like vast majority of people overwhelmingly were just like, whatever, this is what they do. Pretty so. much. I, I think that's, that's kind of the consensus we got. So there we go. Kraken management, if you're listening, probably not worth exploring a lawsuit. Doesn't seem like you're <laughs> going to have a lot of ground to stand on when this is just what happens. Nope. I mean, if, if, you if know, you our wouldn't... comments and everything are the jury, you know, yes. there you go. If you wouldn't sue some small-time factory somewhere in the middle of China for selling knockoffs on Wish.com, then maybe just don't sue a WHL team because it's like a one-to-one -one equivalency. Yep. Nothing different about those two <laughs> scenarios in the slightest. Not at all. Um, okay, so that that was fun. I have a really, really fun one. 
before the end of this podcast, a question I'm going to ask you, RJ, and everybody else. Like, it's unbelievably fun, so I do want to, like, lay that groundwork as we move into the actual Kraken stuff. Um, just want to throw that one out there because I, I can't wait. I've been sitting on this for a little while, actually, and I, I really can't wait to get it out there. But finally, now that we're 20 minutes in, RJ, let's get to the quick hits and, and let's talk about the, the little bit of news that did happen this past week as it relates to the Seattle Kraken. Right. So there, there was some news and we'll start with uh, the Kraken band. Yeah. Uh, the Kraken put out an announcement that they are going to have a, a band that's, you know, plays regularly uh, at Kraken games this season. It'll be the Kraken band. Uh, so live music was a big part of the game day experience last season. Uh, something that I think we both really enjoyed yeah. uh, for the games that we were at, seeing the, all the different uh, bands that kind of came through. I mean, they'd really cycle through, you know, different ones all the time. Uh, but it sounds like they're going to have a more regular uh, band this season. Uh, and they have the listing here because uh, if, hey, if you've got some musical talent, you want to apply for this, uh, you know, they have the listing up. And they're looking for band members who can help create a high energy, excellent and entertaining game day experience for fans. Um, it's a professional level ensemble and members must be able to attend a majority of rehearsals. And this is key, I think, about 30 of the 41 home games. So it does leave some spots open for maybe some other, some local artists, some you know things you'd want to do there. Uh, uniforms and instruments will be provided except for trumpets. So thought I should mention that. All right. So <laughs> must have your own trumpet if you want to play one of those. So ska music confirmed. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. Maybe it's a ska band. Let's. We can only hope. I that'd think. Be, but, that'd be uh, fun. It does mark a departure from what they were doing last season. They had a lot of local artists come through, local bands. But as you pointed out on the Discord earlier, that can be a lot of a headache booking all those all those acts. So what do you think of the idea of having a full-time dedicated team band? I think it could be a lot of fun. I think it's, it's one of those things that, yes, I know a lot of people are disappointed that you're not going to see as many local artists kind of get a chance to you know, show off in front of everybody and introduce a lot of people to their music. And, and, um, as you said earlier, it does sound like there are some spots still to do that, but yeah, I just, I just know that that is such a headache to try to put together and manage and stay on top of and make sure everything is set for all of those games each and every time. It's just, it's just a lot. It's, it's a lot logistically that if you can avoid, I think it makes sense for any organization too, because that's something that, let's be real, it just in today's world, right? Whoever is in charge of that probably is also doing two or three other kind of semi-important jobs at the same time to get things ready for the game day experience. So anything that you can kind of ease their plate a little, you know, ease off their plate a little bit, I think will probably then, you know, show up in a good way somewhere else too. Uh, I do think that once you have kind of a band everybody gets to know, they become part of the the experience, right? Just like a mascot or whatever. They become the group and everybody identifies with them. Everybody supports them. They have their own little version of celebrity at Kraken Games, right? And all the fun stuff that goes with that. And I don't mean that for them. I mean that for like the audience too. They're, anytime you have that familiarity with uh, an element of your team. I just think it's a good thing and it help, helps enrich the overall fan experience. So I, d I just think this makes a lot of sense all the way around, both for, for the organization trying to put together things each and every night. For artists, this is going to be a pretty steady gig. If you're not, you know, a big band, this is about as steady as you could ever hope for. The fact that you're guaranteed like 30 nights uh, to, to go and play in front of 20,000 people, that's pretty incredible as an opportunity. So I'm excited for whoever's going to end up being in the band. And then um, we do get kind of the best of both worlds in that there will be nights sprinkled out throughout the season where we will get to hear other acts and, and get to experience that. So I think it's a, it's a good just win-win-win all the way around. Agreed. And you've talked about the scheduling thing. I mean... There is so much that goes into game day experience and planning all that out, you know, to, to be, you know, booking essentially all these different uh, all these different acts at the same time is just so much. So it makes a lot of sense from that perspective. But um, I'm curious, Dylan, what what kind of music do you want to hear from this band? Because we don't know exactly what they'll be playing. I mean, maybe mm -hmm. they will be a ska band, but, I, you know, I don't know. I mean, do you have a recommendation or two, some songs you'd like to hear? And then one potential idea I thought of. 
maybe not as an every time thing, but maybe sometimes, you know how the ducks, sometimes I think it's like these high school bands that they'll bring in, yeah. um, it, where they'll play the goal song for just a few games every season. And it kind of, it gives a, uh, just a cool vibe to it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, where it's it's not just the standard played out of the speakers, but you have the band playing it. I don't know, maybe maybe play the goal song occasionally. I don't know if you could do that as a band effectively, yeah. but uh, just for a game or two, see how it works. I don't know. What do you what do you think? What would you like to hear from them? Yeah, I don't know about that. Just because it's like, okay, you're gonna play Nirvana like in front of the Seattle crowd. Like that's like a a. a big I, they had last that. season. They had the School of Rock do it. That's true. That is true. There. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, and I will say this too, the, the fact that the instruments are provided, I think is another big thing. Cause part of the logistical nightmare of booking all these bands and making sure everyone shows up is also then like having to get all of their equipment unloaded from whatever they're using to transport it and get it up and set it up on time and all that kind of stuff. This, the fact that the equipment's probably staying in the building, it'll all be easy. Like again, if you've ever been a roadie, if you've ever been anything like anywhere, like that is just huge. <laughs> It's just a big, yeah, big no, deal. Yeah, another thing that'll help logistically. Except the trumpets. Yes. Remember that. Yes. Uh, as for... No, they just got to try to get those through security. <laughs> yeah, that's the issue. <laughs> so maybe they really don't want ska, and that's that's their way of like, look, we're open, but <laughs> if you want to do this, <laughs> you're in for it. Um, I don't know. I, I, I guess just like kind of, you know, a, a little bit of everything. You know, just some different genres and just kind of work through with some medley stuff, I guess. I don't know. I yeah. don't know that I want it to totally be a cover band. I don't know that you need vocals, really. Like, I don't know if they're planning on vocals at all, even, or if it's just going to be instrumental. Um, but I, I don't think that I want, like, just a band that's going to play, like, all the all the grunge greatest hits all the time. I think that would be kind of underwhelming i want i want to get some nautical stuff sometimes i do want something oh, that'd be fun right light, light-hearted and ska based or maybe even kind of pop punk once in a while just to get everybody going and so yeah i i just think i, I think i want something that a, a band that can be a little versatile yeah no i i think that that'd be a great call and one thing i like too about the crack in the game day experience is how receptive they are to the fans too yeah. i bet you'll probably see even like a a mid-season pivot or something to add some new songs based mm-hmm. on fan feedback uh i know as far as game day experience like dj trunks is already great with that he's yes. already taken requests for songs for next season uh, i know it's something the organization listens to so excited to see what they come up with yeah, exactly. I mean, look, they, they hit it out of the park last year with the in arena experience. There's no reason to think that they're not going to do it with this, too. Exactly. All right. So moving on to the next bit of Kraken news. And this one, uh, let's see, a few days old here. But uh, Kale Flurry signed a, a one-year contract. This was the last of the Kraken's restricted free agents. Uh, they're waiting on this one quite a bit longer than the others, uh, but he still needed to sign a deal, and he finally did. It's uh, one year, 750000 which is uh, league minimum for, at the NHL level. But the key to this deal, and I think this is probably the reason that it, that it took so long, was uh, his minor salary is $200,000. So that's a big raise uh, from 75K, which was his salary last season in the minors. And my guess is that was probably the sticking point where they needed to hammer some things out. Uh, because for a younger player like Kale Fleury, chances are he'll spend a good portion of the season uh, you know, with Coachella Valley in the AHL. And of course, you know, your pay there is very important and 75 K to 200 K uh, a big increase and, and probably deserving for a player who, uh, you know, played in the NHL last season and mm-hmm. is, is really on that bubble solidly. Yeah. It's kind of a way of rewarding somebody who's kind of just stuck behind this really crowded blue line. Like, it's just kind of like, uh, you know, you're throwing them a bone because you're just like, sorry, like <laughs> there's just, we got, you know, six or seven guys already. There's just no room for you, so to speak. So I am happy for him. He gets it. I think it's well-deserved. Um, but yeah, I mean, I just, I look at the overall lineup for the Kraken and I just, I don't really know where he can slot in pre-injury. Exactly. It's going to be a challenge. And I, I got another question for you though. Like what, you know, what are we kind of expecting from Kale Flurry? It gives us a chance to talk about him a little bit because we were waiting on him. Last season, nine games, no points, averaged about 14 and a half minutes time on ice, so not a lot. Uh, I know you talked a lot uh, last season about seeing his back too much, yes. seeing that number eight, you know, not facing the play. So, I mean, 
I guess I'll I'll change the question a little bit. If you're Kale heading into training camp, what are you looking to improve to kind of work on and show the coaches to re- help earn that NHL salary? Yeah, um, I, I guess if I was a young player on the bubble like this, I would just pick one aspect and really try to become a specialist in it. Um, I think for him, that's probably get better like in the offensive zone. <laughs> um, I think that's probably your best path forward with this group and with the Kraken is to is to become more of a puck mover, really focus on that aspect of the game. Even if it's just like learning from a Carson Soucy in training camp of, hey, you're super effective at getting it out of the zone and pushing it up to wingers along the boards. Teach me that. Like teach me what you're seeing, how you how you do that. I think I'd focus on those aspects of things because I think that's going to be most valuable to you and your career moving forward because yeah i mean otherwise yes focus on defense right but i just didn't really see a lot of the instincts there last year Uh, like you said there was just so many times where he's in close to the the crack and goal but we're seeing his back and you just never really want to see that you don't want to see your defenseman's back if you're say sit at center ice you're sitting at center ice and you look at your own zone and the plays in your in the kraken zone you don't want to see your defenseman's back unless they're behind the net that's the only time you want to see it and with kale flurry that was not the case last year he wasn't good at keeping play in front of him and and that really keeps you from being able to um, be an effective defender it means guys have gotten behind you consistently you don't want that you want to be between them and your goaltender you don't want them between you and your goaltender um, so I, I don't know that, you know, obviously work on that stuff. You don't want to be in that same situation, but I think if I was him, I'd really focus on, on learning the, the little things and the nuances of the offensive game and try to really work on that stuff and use that as your path to the crack and, and, and see if, you know, after there, if there's an injury, injuries happen, um, you can find your way into the lineup, maybe steal some power play time, or at least, you know, have a role on the team that they can say, Hey, you know, Justin Schultz got injured or whoever. And they're like, Kale Fleury's going to be the guy. Like he worked on this a lot. You know what I mean? And, and we liked what we saw from him in training camp. We liked how he could, you know, walk the blue line, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Puck moving right-handed defenseman is a need for the Kraken yeah. still, I think. And certainly if anything were to happen to Justin Schultz, uh, Kale Fleury, I think could, could see that as his opening. So, um, yep. Yeah, but good to have him under contract. Uh, you know, I think he'll be a RFA again at the end of this deal. So we'll, you know, have this whole thing again next summer, I think. Yeah. Um, but, uh, good for Kale and, and, and good to get their raise either way. Um, so moving on to the next bit of news, and this is some Kraken media news. Uh, so a little different than the, than the on the ice stuff, but, uh, big news at that, uh, Ryan Clark, formerly of the athletic has joined ESPN as a national hockey writer. Uh, so I mean, let's, let's see, it says on the thing, uh, we'll serve as an NHL writer across ESPN.com and ESPN digital. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, where we see him on the digital platforms, but, um, big news, of course, there, uh, big name leaving the Kraken media room. And first of all, I just want to say congratulations to Ryan. I mean, this is incredibly well-deserved. He's an excellent writer. Uh, we'll certainly miss having him around. I mean, no one can lighten up a media room, especially in a losing streak with some, you know, great jokes some great banter, quite like him. Uh, and I think he's just going to thrive in this job. Oh, oh yeah. Uh, no questions about it. Like you said, his, his writing is phenomenal. I think anybody who's ever written, uh, read one of his articles knows that, uh, like you said, he was fantastic just to be around, uh, you know, always, always on point, um, both with his humor and with like questions to, you know, the, the coaching staff or the players, he always knew exactly what to ask people. So it was really cool to, you know, be around that and learn from, from him in that regard. Uh, and he was always, you know, he was good at, at kind of getting the best out of you and getting the best out of them too. Right. Like you could really exactly. open them up like nobody else and, and get them to, to give you some good nuggets. So, um, yeah, it's, he's definitely going to be missed around the crack and stuff. I'm sure he'll, he'll be around from time to time, uh, as, oh, yeah, the, as sure. the national beat, you know, requires it. But, but yeah, I mean, he, he deserves this. He can totally cover league wide stuff. I'm really happy for him. And I'm happy that Espen is, excuse me, ESPN, uh, is, <laughs> is expanding and, and is bringing him in. Cause as far as I know, it's not like he's coming in to replace anybody. Like he's just 
in addition to their overall stuff. So I'm, I'm happy about that. I'm happy that they're embracing hockey a little bit more because before it was really just like Emily Kaplan and Greg Wyshynski. And it was just like, yep. those two names were really it. And then they just hired a bunch of players to be like filler on TV between periods, you know? And so I'm happy that they're giving somebody like Ryan this really nice spot to be a national reporter for, you know, the biggest sports media company in the country. Like that's huge. Exactly. And it's, you know, their job really ESPN, you've got the rights now sell the league, sell yep. the players, sell the personality. And I think that's something they're working on and, and who better to help do that than the guy who started the whole Morgan geeky, you know, like this season that, that, that amazing presser, like that was Ryan asking that question, just like, Hey, you know, is it true you have a pizza hut gold card? Like, okay. So if they were to ask you like, Hey, do you want to be a pitch man for, you know, Hey homie, you want to be a pitch man for us? Uh, you know, homie, I am a pitch man. Like imagine that, you know, on the league level, helping with the player's personality. I mean, Ryan knows the game, you know, in all aspects inside and out, he's incredibly knowledgeable, but he also has that side too, where he can get the players to open up. Um, it's just, you know, such a well-rounded uh, writer and, and I'm excited to see what he can do for some with some of the league's kind of top players to really tell their stories and uh and and help get those personalities out exactly i think he's going to be perfect for this and it's it's going to do a lot hopefully to help grow the game yeah now real quick before we uh move on here while you know while we wrap this up uh this story up i i want to tell a quick story just from training camp that's always going to stick with me because um I, I think it's something that people should know about and shows kind of the guy that ryan is behind the scenes I remember on my first day of training camp, and of course I was quite nervous heading in there, you know, just new to this whole media thing. I made a point to introduce myself to everyone there. And when I met Ryan, I asked if he had any advice for someone starting out in hockey media. And he was watching the players practice, you know, it was kind of busy time, training camp was going on, but he completely stopped what he was doing, focused it on the players and sat down with me for like a good 15 minutes to just chat about how everything was going, gave some really helpful advice and some tips I was able to follow all year. And that's something, you know, he didn't have to do that. You know, he was busy watching practice and everything, but he saw someone new there to the media room and, and wanted to help impart some wisdom. Um, so I'm, I'm just really grateful for that and it shows the kind of guy that, that he is behind the scenes yeah and i mean didn't really ever know me because i wasn't around up there but like mm. he he always treated me like he did like the for the few games yep. i was up there especially when you were out with covid so it wasn't even like i was around with you and stuff he was always very gracious and welcoming to me and just treated me like you know one of everybody else despite the fact that i wasn't around and not everybody in the media room would do that just because they don't know me right like just, yep. <laughs> just some like new person who showed up you know like at the end of the season it's like what's going on right um but uh yeah he was just always super super nice and and always kind of available to to talk with you about that kind of stuff if you needed yep. it so it's never surprising when, when good things happen to, to people like that. I think, you know, you always yeah. see that kind of stuff come around. And lastly, who could forget about that awesome cameo in uh, on one of our post-game <laughs> lives where he and Marissa showed up? Yes, that was that was a great moment for sure. For sure. Awesome. Awesome stuff. All right. Well, good. Good luck at ESPN, Ryan. I'm sure we'll, mm -hmm. we'll see you around at some point. But uh, yeah, best of luck there. So uh, moving on to the next bit of news. Uh, the ice is back. At Climate Pledge Arena, we've seen some pictures and some videos posted by the team and others. Um, yeah, they, they put the ice in. So I one of those things that just mm -hmm. makes it feel more real, like next season's coming. Um, I haven't seen it personally yet. I've, I've walked by. They've got the shades up so you can't see in through Tightwad Terrace. But the ice is there. Uh, not not the ice slab, by the way. Don't, don't anyone get too excited. Uh, the ice slab has been there, but the ice is there. So any comments on the ice coming back to Climate Pledge Arena? Can you tell it's a slow news week? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's uh, it's it's good. It means hockey's almost here because you can't can't play hockey without it. Yep, that's for sure. You you do need the ice. Um, I know street hockey's pretty fun, but that's that's not what the Kraken do. Um, so yeah, ice back at Climate Pledge Arena. That... We've covered that. Check okay. that one off. I was gonna say we need to make note of that one next off season when things are a little slow. Uh, we need to do NHL ranking team rankings based on how effective we think they'd be if it was street hockey. Oh, that's good. That's yes. a good okay. One. That's some August content right yep. there. Street hockey Book power rankings. For next Let's August. Go. Yeah. All right. I like that one. Make sure you right. make sure you hang around everybody for that video. 
<laughs> yeah, hang around for that one next August. You're, you're going to love it. Yep. Um, all right, so last bit of news here, and it's not directly Kraken news, but it's it's very close geographically here. It's some big news uh, for our rival, the Vancouver Canucks. Mm-hmm. They have re-signed JT Miller to a seven-year extension, $8 million a year, so that's, that's a pretty big ticket. Uh, and, yeah, the, JT Miller was the subject of some trade speculation you know recently at the draft and everything the canucks decide they're going to just get him locked up long term that kind of changes their outlook going forward it's Mm -hmm. it would have been a big deal if they had traded him uh but instead they sign him this deal will take him to the age of 37 so that is a pretty long commitment what do you think of the jt miller extension and how it affects the kraken uh yeah so i think i think you kind of have have the best take on it so i'll kind of save it that for you um as as far as a a quick take i I will say this because we're going to be doing our division preview later this week uh well it's it's a two-part video series everybody the first part will be out later this week the second part will be next week so won't get into it too much as far as like overall how it's going to affect vancouver but i will say i'm really happy for jt miller because this is a player who's kind of been passed around a little bit in his nhl career Mm -hmm. and like here it kind of gets to you know lock things down a little bit and gets that big you know, contract and, and commitment from the team. So that was my first big takeaway from it was just, I was really happy for him. Right. And coming off a 99 point season looked very, very impressive. Gets to capitalize on that, get that long-term deal happy for him. But my, my first thought as far as a takeaway from a Kraken perspective is I really like this deal and where what it means for the Kraken, mm-hmm. I feel like they're real competitive window. It makes things a little bit tougher in the division right now, as opposed to if JT Miller was traded. I don't think you need any expert analysis on that, that a team with JT Miller on it is yep. better than one without him. Uh, but this deal, it takes him to the age of 37. He's, I think, is he 29, 30 right now? He is 29 right now. Um, so this deal is going to cover some non-peak years. You get him locked in for for a couple more good years, but you look at the Kraken's real competitive window. Probably three to five years from now in terms of when you're really hoping to win a Stanley Cup. And by that time, I think you'll be on the downside of this JT Miller deal, and it's going to be more of a burden for the Canucks than it is a help for them. And so I think that really helps the Kraken out when they're looking to be competing for a Stanley Cup, hopefully. So this coupled with deals like in Calgary, where you've got Huberdeau signing that long-term deal, Nazem Kadri especially, I think things are really setting up now where three to five years from now, you're going to have some of these teams that are burdened by these contracts where the Kraken hopefully won't be. And that's going to set up really well. I mean, you look at how those contracts are going to age. It's probably the Kraken, Ducks, and Kings are are those teams just looking really good and everybody else is going to have some anchors, it looks like. So... I like this one from a Kraken perspective. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that's the big takeaway for, for us in Seattle is that, like, you know, yeah, it, okay, it sucks he's hanging around or whatever, but at the same time, he's he's not young. So it's in that sense, it's not going to be too, too bad, hopefully. Hopefully, you never know. For all we know, he's going to, you know, he'll, he's the next Tom Brady and he's going to play forever. <laughs> <laughs> yep, I mean, it never, never rule it out, you know. <laughs> there's always a chance <laughs> oh all right man. good stuff all right so that's that's it for quick hits obviously we're we're deep into this podcast already um so kind of our our uh, abbreviated deep dive for this week rj i had this idea of, of just kind of quickly talking about certainly for maddie Beniers, but also for shane Wright if he hangs around just kind of overall what kind of treatment we think they're going to get from the rest of the league being rookies and being highly touted rookies, right? Like these aren't like, you know, oh, this scrappy, it's not like Cole Sillinger or something last year where it's like, oh, wow, this guy kind of surprised and he's with Columbus and it's like kind of cool and fun or whatever, right? These are these are big deal rookies. We already know, you know, the, the league has already taken notice of Matty Beniers. They know what he can do at the NHL level. They're going to be on their lookout. And to kind of set up how the NHL treats rookies as a whole, I'm going to take you back to my days working as a supervisor shift lead it was never we never really used titles um at a luxury pet hotel and day spa slash day camp (laughs) and grooming facility and all this other stuff that we did uh okay and one of the things that dogs do in like a day camp setting or at like um, a dog park or something just how they work socially 
is that they will let puppies get away with anything. So if a puppy's going to come up and just start gnawing on their ear or their leg or whatever, dogs, they're just going to let them do it until they turn about seven months old, eight months old. And then from eight months to could be as late as like a year and a half, really, depending on, on the, the type of dog it is and whether or not the dog's getting the message or not, they torment these puppies. Okay. All the dogs will do it. They gang up on them. They don't give them an inch on anything. If they make a move towards the water bowl, towards anything, they are all over them. Okay. And this is just what dogs do. It's just how they like get them to, you know, kind of learn their place in the hierarchy of the pack and, and everything like that. And it, and it could be like aggressive. There was lots of times we had to break it up. They looked very much the closest equivalent I could say is they looked like gang initiations where you just have like five dogs around this dog, this puppy on its back and they're all like nipping at it and taking shots at it. Um, but it's just, it's just what they do. And, and then at some point the dog, once it's kind of like become an adult, so to speak, uh, they just, it's just part of the pack and now everything's cool and they'll, they'll, you know, go to war with it and all that kind of fun stuff. Like it's just, it's how they work. But it reminded me of how the NHL kind of works like that too. Like this year, everybody's going to be coming for Beneers and, and Shane Wright if Shane Wright stays with the Kraken and they're not going to give them an inch and they're going to be all over them and they're going to, you know, kind of late hit them along the boards and, and all of that stuff. And they're going to try to pick fights with them and they're going to try to do everything possible to get under their skin to kind of teach them their place and and learn about them and see like hey are you going to be able to hang with us or not and so my question to you rj is how bad do you think it is because obviously in the past we know like the big time stories like you know you go way back into the day and it's like you just had to fight all the time uh you go back to like the Sidney crosby days against like the flyers and they're like knocking his teeth out and stuff at every chance they get just to kind of you know mess with the kid and, and hopefully keep him from being too good against them but in today's NHL things are a lot more mellow so I was just kind of wondering like what what do we think this is going to look like right and it's you pointed out it's a different league now than it was I think you do you talk 10 20 years ago um you know it's a different story as far as how he's going to be treated the one I remembered that kind of first got that concept into my mind I remember was Tomas Hurdle yeah coming into the league and and uh kind of taking the league by storm right away as a rookie and the between the legs goal. That was kind of the first conversation that I remember of, oh, is this, you know, too much? Is he showing everyone up? Yeah. We've seen that a lot with Zegris recently now, but, yep. um, you know, Tomas Hurdle back then, uh, you know, with that between the legs for his fourth goal of the game, I, it, people took notice. And for those first few games, you know, of the season, he was kind of an unknown and he was able to, um, you know, get away with a lot where he, you know, he didn't take a lot of physical contact, but after that, uh, other teams started to focus in on him and, and really, you know, give him a, a physical beating in some of yeah. these games uh, before, you know, unfortunately, Dustin Brown, you know, took him out with the the knee on knee that ended his regular season. But um, I, I think it's something that you still, you know, will see sometimes. And uh, the thing with Beneers, I wonder, is just because he, he doesn't necessarily play all that flashy of a game yeah. that, that I, I feel like it shouldn't matter, but it it does, I guess, yes. you know, Zegris we've seen has been a target of this, unfortunately, uh, where some people, you know, kind of take offense to that. But I still think that if Beneers is going to be the one C, which all indications are that he is, uh, he's, he's going to take some punishment, especially as a younger player. Uh, we talked about, he had those 10 games where he was essentially, you know, what was the puppy there where you, yeah. okay, you get away with, you know, whatever. And essentially the Kraken, not the best team at the end of the season. Um, but I, I do think that's probably over. Um, and you're going to see teams start to take, take liberties with him. Um, I wonder also about how the Kraken, you know, coaches and everyone, the rest of the team is going to deal with that too. Mm -hmm. um, because th there was still very much this air of, he's got the training wheels on at the end of last season yep. and not wanting to put him in spots where he's playing those tough minutes uh, and, and in a position to really grind away and, and take some of those hits. Mm -hmm. I think you're going to have to put him in those positions more. Yeah. Um, and, and we'll see how the team reacts to it, particularly some of the veteran guys, you know, Yanni Gord, like how's he going to react if Matty Beneers takes mm -hmm. a big hit at the end of a shift? It's something that, you know, you'd hope he stands up for him, but um, you know, we'll see when, when you actually get into that situation. Yeah, it's it's going to be interesting. I think I agree with you. I think the lack of flash and the the he's not going to do stuff that that 
other teams are going to feel disrespected by, right? Like, oh, man, mm-hmm. you just totally showed me up in front of all these people. I have to come after you. Uh, like Zegris. And even Zegris didn't really get too hard a time. Like, if it was 10 right. years prior even, right? Zegris is pulling that imagine? stuff. Yeah. Like, yeah, it would be brutal. Um, I, and so I think that matters. I think the fact that he is going to be playing first-line minutes is going to matter too. Like, teams generally like you're just focused on stopping that line like if he's playing between Bjorkstrand and Burakovsky or something like you're just going to be focused on stopping that line you're not necessarily going to be like oh let me go out of my way to really you know let me take myself out of this play just so that I can like you know teach this rookie a little bit of a lesson or something right like you because you just can't afford to uh given who his line mates are going to be and all and the situations that he's going to be in but I, I, like I said, I still think there are going to be times he likes to work along the boards. He's going to get hit along the boards. He's going to get rubbed in there and he's going to, you know, some of those are going to come late, not late enough to be a penalty, but they're going to come in a time that, you know, maybe they wouldn't normally for another player. Right. I think, I think that's going to be the stuff he's going to face. I think he might get some late kind of cross checks if he's net front, stuff like that. I, I think that's kind of how the NHL treats that stuff these days where it's not quite over the top obviously still people are going to be trying to pick fights with him they're going to you know they're going to be testing him they want to know if they can get in his head uh so all that stuff's going to happen too but i don't know that it's going to be super egregious i think with shane wright it might be and i think, I think that's a different story because maddie veneers had the benefit of being able to kind of fly under the radar was never really thought of as like the first overall yeah. pick in that draft goes to a team in Seattle. That's a newer market. I, I think it's a different story for Shane, right? Yes. And, and I think there is a level of respect for like the motor of Matty Beniers and stuff too. Like the fact that he's always going to be going, he's not, he's never in a position where he lets up on a play where he can then be taken off guard by a hit or something. You know what I mean? And and this isn't like to say like, oh, Shane Wright does or whatever, because 99.9% of players do. Like Matty Beniers is in that kind of special class where he's going to just skate the full 200 feet back and forth for way too long, probably. <laughs> um, but but for, for a guy like Shane Wright, where there was national hype, people know who he is in the NHL already. Uh, he's going to be 18. I think that matters. He's going to be in his first game action. That matters. I think... I, I think there's going to be a lot more of it with Shane Wright, especially as he's, you know, he works to try to figure out where he's in in the lineup. I think that matters a lot too. He's going to be, he's going to be insecure. There's kind of no way around that because it's impossible not to be. You're you're a first time player in the NHL, and your your role is not defined yet. Your job security is not defined yet. You don't know if you're going back to junior or not. Like there's there's a lot of um instability in your life in that moment and they smell that other nhl players they smell that and they're going to feast off of it so uh hopefully it's not too over the top physical i think shane wright can handle the mental games and all that kind of stuff that guys are going to play i think being in an organization led by ron francis kind of first and foremost from a culture standpoint and and then all the guys down the lineup that can help him out with that larson yanni gord uh mccann everlay all those kind of guys have been through it i think they can help shane wright deal with all the mental sides of things hopefully it's just not too bad physically for him exactly and we know he can deal with the mental side of things i mean Mm -hmm. he's gone through so much already on that you know with with the expectations from the time that he was very young all the way up to draft day and that whole thing i mean we're all quite familiar with that Uh, i think he can handle that he's gotten to this point if he couldn't handle it he wouldn't have gotten to this point already yeah um but yeah the physical side of it it, it's going to be difficult i think teams are gonna are gonna feel that they have a little bit more of an excuse to take physical liberties with him uh and one of the key things for the crack and is for the other players on the team especially the veterans is to make sure that other teams don't feel that they can do that and it's something especially i'd like to see from whoever is named captain yes uh i wouldn't mind seeing you know if someone takes a run at shane Wright, whoever that new captain is i may go and drop the gloves with someone yeah um i think that would be a huge statement whether that's yanni gord we know he's not afraid of that well you know heck whether it's maddie Beniers, i mean i you know you hate to see him fight anyone but but what a statement that would be 
Yeah. Uh, it, it's the kind of thing where I, I want to see the leadership step in there mm-hmm. um, and make it known that, yeah, you, you can't get away with this. So that's something I'm, I'm really hoping to see his teammates rally around him in that way, in a similar way to, that we saw, you know, at dev camp. And I know those won't all yeah. be his teammates this season, but everyone kind of rallied around Shane Wright and, and that whole situation. And, you know, when he signs the contract, everyone comes in and, you know, dumps the Gatorade on him and everything. Uh, you know, I think he's a really likable guy and someone that, that teammates are going to want to step up for uh and and help protect there exactly i i think the biggest question for him is going to be from the physical standpoint is is it is it going to kind of be like a mason mctavish situation last year where mason mctavish again kind of a two-way player like right likes to play physical likes to play in the slot started off really strong with the ducks but by the end of the nine game kind of trial period where you got to make that decision already the the cracks were showing from just the physical toll and it was just, you know what, at 18, doesn't his body's not ready for it yet. You know what I mean? Like, he's just kind of not ready for it. And that's going to, I think, be the, the interesting situation to view with Shane Wright is come the end of the nine games that, that we assume he's going to get, what's, how's he doing? Has, he, has his scoring fallen off? Is he looking a little slower? Is he looking a little more timid? Is he just looking beat up already only nine games into the season? Because it's a lot to ask of an 18-year-old still developing body to be put through that, where you're going to have 200-plus-pound guys just banging into you night after night after night. Uh, it's just a lot. It's Again, it's not a knock on Shane Wright. This is just something everybody has to go through. That's why you don't see a lot of 18-year-old NHL players. You know what I mean? So exactly. that's, that's what I'm going to be looking out for with him. And then with Beniers, oh, obviously he's a little bit older. He's He's stronger. I believe in his lower body strength for him to work through things, but but I, I'm still going to be curious if just over the course of an 82-game season, at what point do we see him fall off? Just about everybody falls off their first full season. At some point, they hit a little bit of a wall just because it is so much longer than anything they're used to playing before and more physical. Where where does that come in for, for Matty Beniers, you know? Exactly. I mean, you, you have to, with these players, you have to assume it comes somewhere, you know, and it looks different for every player. Yeah. But yeah, there's, there's going to be a wall. No player has, you know, fantastic game, all 82 games um, that, you know, that just doesn't happen at age 19. So, you know, we'll see what that, where that comes. And then also, you know, how they deal with it too. You know, do you, yeah. do you give them a little bit easier minutes? What do you do? Um, I think it's going to be a real challenge for the Kraken coaching staff. One, I think they're capable yeah. of, of meeting head on and, and tackling well, but it's gonna just something they have to think about down the road. Yeah, exactly. And maybe that means you don't start them off at one C at the beginning of the year, just because you you got to pace them a, a little bit. It'll it's gonna be interesting. These are all things to look forward to in training camp, which is this month, RJ, because we're in September yes. finally. Yes. <laughs> Thankfully, yeah, it's it is September. Uh, the Kraken's first preseason game, I think, is three weeks from today. Yes. It's oh my gosh! That's I'm, soon. I'm so excited for it. I'm so ready for it. Cannot wait. Um, but got to finish out the podcast. So here's the here's the thing that I have for everybody. This is a lot of fun. I'm really excited. I really want to hear from people, whether it's in the YouTube comment section on this video, uh, if you're an audio listener, tweet at us, let us know on the Discord, all that kind of stuff. Um, so this is a this is an email. Okay, uh, the subject line is Kids Bop Audition. Okay. All right. And this is this is an email sent to someone uh, after their kids bop edition. Uh, and, and look, I'm, I'm going to give credit to who this is at, after the fact, because this is from like a YouTuber who like made a video about trying to ki- audition for kids bop as like a 27 year old. And I'll say who it is okay. later, but I, I want to present it as I hacked into a Kraken player's email and this email was there. And I want everybody's opinion as to who which Kraken player this was. Who's the most okay. likely Kraken player in their 20s to audition for Kids Bob and receive this brutal response? All right, so this is for the person who's in charge of auditions for Kids Bob. No, absolutely not. And then this next sentence is basically, is all one sentence, okay? You are not a kid. You don't look like a kid. You didn't sing a real song. Your dancing was bad. Your face is weird. Your name is fake. You look like you don't wear deodorant. You didn't even bother to learn the dance. You answered the questions by repeating the questions in the form of a sentence. You look like you're 20. You have no talent. You have no star power. You're not likable. You aren't cool. You have nothing. You are nobody. You will achieve nothing. Good day, Stuart. 
<laughs> so I want to know from everybody, which Kraken player is most likely to audition for Kids Bop and receive that <laughs> after their Kids Bop audition? Who looks like they don't wear deodorant, they aren't likable, and they will achieve nothing in life? That's, I guess, what okay. I'm asking. Yeah, that's that's a great spot. <laughs> the one I went to was the fake name. I'm like, all right, name. who sounds yes. like their name's made up? Yachty Gord, I could see just that that part alone. Just like, yeah, you, you made this name up. Yeah. Now, I will say, you answered the questions by repeating the questions in a form of a sentence. That's every single one of them. That's that's just yes. that's media training in the NHL. <laughs> exactly. All right. So that that doesn't help us narrow it down. <laughs> Um, oh man, that is great. Yeah, so uh, RJ and I will give our answers next podcast, uh, and then I'll read off some some fun ones. But I, I want everyone to have some fun with that one, <laughs> and just just think about it because I just think it's so much fun, and I just love how brutal that is. All is just one long run on sentence. This is absolutely incredible. It's art. It really is. Um, I, and the the YouTuber just to give full credit was Drew Gooden. He, he did the video. It was a good video oh, about yeah. Kids Bop. Uh, so, so full <laughs> full credit where credit is deserved. But I, I took that email response he got, and I just thought it was hysterical. Um, all right. So there we go. Uh, Going to finish up just around the, the hour mark here, RJ. We, we did a pretty good job. I, I thought this was a lot of fun. Hopefully everybody made it through all the uh, intros, the many cold opens. <laughs> yep thanks for sticking with us <laughs> yep uh all right everybody kraken season is almost upon us cannot wait and uh we'll see you all next time